Hello. 200 episodes. This is a magical feat of ours. I can't it believe is. it. We made it. 200 <laughs> episodes. That, I mean, it weirdly feels like so many, but then also not a lot. And this is also not accounting for all the encounters that we've done because with that, it's like 300 plus episodes, but it's o- over 400, I think. It, it is Wait, just- no, that math doesn't make sense. You're right. You're right. <laughs> See, I still can't do math. <laughs> 200 episodes later and nothing has changed. No, nothing has changed. But we have a really exciting special episode for all of you. Actually, very special for us because we get our astrocartography charts read by the incredible Arielle Willow. And ariellewillow.com if you want to look her up after this. And we'll put her information in the show notes as well. She is a death witch, a demonolater, a astrologer. But she – yeah. She is she does a magical human who can do so many different things for us, for all of you. She does spirit readings. She does tarot readings. She does birth charts, astrocartography readings. She also does like helping people into their spiritual awakening and like yes, can be it's your all, yeah, mentor. A lot of her, ex- exactly too. Yeah. The part of what she does is help people unlock their power, which was great Unleash. for us too because we were like all right, like these are things that we know are within us, but we need to take more steps. We always say it, but it's like, it's hard because it's like, well, what's step one? And she's a really great mentor for that. So for this episode, we had her basically go through our astrocartography charts. This is probably a great one to watch on YouTube because there are a lot of technical terms and it's probably easier too for you to pull up your own chart, watch our episode on YouTube and follow along so that you can figure out some of the things about your own chart as well. So it was super informational. It was extremely specific yeah. as well. We were like, whoa, it's so many parts. Yes. And then we have another part that we are putting only on our Patreon where Ariel gave us some readings and connected yes. with our spirits. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing. We hope you enjoy and we hope you come back for 200 more episodes of our podcast and more because we are not going anywhere and nope. then we will haunt you from the other side and you cannot get rid of us. <laughs> Till death do us part, but it's, yes. it's all of us. <laughs> we leave you. We're not leaving. Till death do us part, but it doesn't actually do us part because then we'll haunt you on the other side. So we'll see you on the other side. death doesn't part us really. Exactly. Well, yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy this episode and happy 200 episode anniversary. Woo! So exciting to meet you. It's so exciting to meet you as well. <laughs> Finally, we are so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? Well, and outside of TikTok, because that's where we, yes, that's where we found you. So. you. We're used to seeing you, but you're not used to seeing us. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is always like a very weird thing to think about. Like, I know. I always forget that like people can see me, but I can't see them. And it's just. Right. It's it's like a kind of a one-sided relationship, but it also yes, doesn't feel yes, one-sided, right? Like you is. feel like you know everyone, but you're also like, wait, I don't know you. That's how yeah. we feel about our podcast. Like everyone we listen who listens to us, we're like, yeah, we know you. And they're like, we know you too. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah. We don't we don't know their faces. Yeah. Yay. Technology. Yes. I know. Technology is such a bugger sometimes. <laughs> but also amazing that we could be all over the country and be able to I that. know. I know. True. It is it is really amazing because like um me and my my co-host, we record from bicoastal as well. Yeah. And oh. So it's um it's always an experience. Yes. <laughs> There's been a lot of nights where we're just like technologically just juggling oh, yeah. a bunch of stuff and we're like yes. we're gonna find it, find we it out eventually we'll, we'll figure it out yeah we were convinced for a while that our podcast was cursed because there were there was like a six-month span where we had to re-record almost every single <gasps> episode that we did because oh we'd my go, god that's a and then like 20 minutes in all of a sudden it'd be like like weird noises no we it was really bad. That is it why really- we call it the most haunted podcast in America. Because honestly, knows- it probably is. Like you probably just had a lot of ghosties around yeah. <laughs> that are just definitely, like, oh. definitely, yeah. So, well, we want to introduce you to everyone. So, yeah. this is we are so excited. We have Ariel Willow on the podcast. You are a very gifted human being. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're intuitive. We're looking to you. You're clairvoyant. You do astrocartography readings. You help people connect to their own spirituality and abilities. You do tarot readings. I you do. Are, I do it all. You do it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have always been really really interested in the occult, but growing up in a Christian household, that was kind of difficult to navigate as yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, but I've always been really highly interested in palmistry and tarot and astrology and things like that. And I didn't really have the opportunity to really dive into it until my later teen years, early adulthood. So it was always something that I kind of had to just navigate the best way I knew how up until that point. Mm -hmm. And then once I was able to really start getting into it myself, like it was just like I was soaking it up as a sponge. Um, but it was also that once you kind of move into opening up your abilities, like they just, it all kind of comes back. Like it all kind of just soaks in and it makes it a lot easier to understand how things work for you in your practice because you're opening up those doors. And once you do, then it's just kind of a flag, like gates opens and it's just all available to you. So, even though I have been interested in astrology forever, like I only really started seriously studying it um, probably about like three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Corinne and I are very, we've had a lot of experiences in our lives and I think we've chosen to close ourselves off from a lot of things. Well, it's easier to close ourselves off because we're we con- we constantly say like we really want to open ourselves up and we feel like we have the ability to tap in to many different practices. Right. But what holds us back is like, how do you protect yourself? And fear. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the fear, yes. right? Like, so you, we, we have kind of blocked ourselves yeah. off. Because you mentioned it opened the floodgates. And yes. did does it, has it ever been scary for you? Does that, did that ever oh, open you up to negativity? <laughs> yeah. And what do you do to protect Absolutely. yourself? <laughs> no, I, this is one thing that I find so common that comes up within my spiritual coaching sessions is people tell me, I really want to open up my abilities. I really want to be able to see things again. I really want to be able to experience spirit the way that I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. And the thing that 
shut us down in the first place was fear because as Mm -hmm. children, we don't know how to navigate that. And I think when we, it's kind of with anything in life, the less you know how to navigate and protect yourself through something, the more you're going to be afraid of it. So it's like driving a car. When you're driving a car, the first time you start doing it, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to (laughs) like get in a car accident or machinery. Yeah. 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 Too much power in my hands. Yeah. It's overthinking like all of the things that could go wrong and all of the scary scenarios that you're taught in driving school. And then Mm -hmm. once you get more comfortable with it, because you know how to handle a car, you know how to drive in the snow, you know how to drive in the rain and you get more comfortable with it. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that scary situations aren't going to happen, but when they do, you're more capable and more comfortable navigating them. So it's less likely that you're going to respond with, oh my God, like, you know, just this really terrifying response and rather respond with a more comfortable, like, okay, that happened, but like, how do I correct? Mm, Yeah. And I think that happens with any spiritual practice you have. Um, And I really feel that, the more we understand what's going on around us and how we can protect ourselves and navigate our spiritual practices and our interactions with spirit, the less we're going to be afraid to experience it because we know how to handle our cars. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. That's a really good metaphor. Yeah. I, I'm, I really love metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It makes me very happy. Yeah. It makes it more relatable. It makes yes. it more digestible. You're like, okay, right. now I get it. Logic. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you sp- – go ahead, Corinne. Oh, we have so many questions. When- <laughs> so many questions. I know. Well, when you started opening yourself up a few years ago, what were some of the first – I guess I'm selfishly asking this because I'm like, oh, what are my first steps? I'll just copy <laughs> right. you. Like, what, what were some of the things that you did to kind of open yourself back up again? And or maybe I'll caveat this question by saying, like, knowing all that you know now, maybe how how would you if you could go back and do it again <laughs> and that's, that's keep yourself like somewhat protected? <laughs> what would your yeah, steps be? Yeah, because I'm trying to think about like what I did, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I would. Just <laughs> yeah, <that>. right. <laughs> like, um, I don't give anyone any ideas. In the beginning, and I think most people's journeys in the beginning are. I started off on like the very new age path, which ten out of ten do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. (laughs) Put the white sage down. (laughs) Okay. Mm. But I do think that what I would recommend to someone who's wanting to open up their abilities and really kind of reconnect with the spiritual abilities and the spiritual connection that they had as a kid, even if you didn't, if you did, the way to reconnect to that, or if you haven't a way to connect with that is to get to know yourself better. My motto in my, my business is know thyself, know thy power, because I Mm. really do believe that the more you know yourself, the more you understand what you're capable of, how to navigate things, regardless of whether it's in life or in your spiritual practice, because when you're trying to navigate spirituality as a separate thing from you, that's when we Mm -hmm. run into issues because spirituality, your spiritual path is inherently part of you. And it's something that it's an, it's an extension of your energy and an extension of your spirit. And that's why it's called the spiritual practice. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. when we try to separate it as something that we just do, not something that we live, that's when it becomes a mess because we're trying to maintain something outside of ourselves that we don't 
feel benefits us outside of just, you know, being a thing in our lives. So it's kind of like when you have a job that you know that you have to do because it brings in money, but not something Mm -hmm. that you're passionate about, Right, you're not going to feel as drawn to continue it through the difficult times if you don't have a passion for it. And that's really where it comes into with spiritual practices. If you don't have it be something that benefits you on a deep level somehow, and it is just something that you go through the motions with, you're not going to be as capable of navigating what a lot of people call like the dark night of the soul or difficulty within that practice where you're feeling that kind of loss of like, is this real? Is this something that is legitimate? Am I really having these experiences or am I just going crazy? Like things like that where we will always run into times. I still run into times like that where I wake up and I'm just like, what if I'm making all of this up? <laughs> yes. And I'm just oh my gosh, me really too. Good I'm like, I lying. live in a simulation. <laughs> like all of the signs are pointing to that. Right, right. And it's that kind of imposter syndrome that we all deal with at mm-hmm. some point and multiple times in our lifetimes. So when you have it for you and it is something that is inherently yours, that will make it to where it's easier to go through those times. And that's when I think people will always come to a place in their spiritual path where they have this crisis of, Mm -hmm. wow, this was really exciting. And now I'm past the excitement. And now I'm getting into the hard stuff, like the shadow work and having to actually like face the parts of myself that don't make me comfortable. Yeah. Really. Uh, vulnerable. And now I don't want to do this anymore because it's something that's have, it's turning into a mirror and I don't like that. Whereas before it was a way for me to control things. So a lot of people get into magic and the occult because they want to control their lives. They want to have some sort of way to have some sort of tangible way to control their future because that's what makes us feel more comfortable. This is like the most like beautiful message (laughs) Not even just about spirituality, but everything, I think, with self. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. facing yourself is one of the hardest things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people forget is that spirituality isn't an escape from you. It's a deeper look into you. And once you drop through that hole into that (laughs) I'm like, yes, snap to that. (laughs) You're going to freak out because you're just like, oh, wait, I didn't want this. And your guides are like, wait, this is what you wanted. Yeah, you You signed up for this. (laughs) Yeah, you wanted to know yourself deeper so that, because let's be honest here. If you are pouring into your practice from a cup that is dirty, you're going to have dirty water. (laughs) And Mm. so when we actually go in and we cleanse the cup, you're going to be pouring from a source that is more giving you the results that you want without the dirt. So it's understanding how the toxic parts of yourself and the selfish parts of yourself and the parts of yourself that you haven't wanted to look at are pouring into your spiritual practice and causing outcomes that are based upon what you're pouring it from. Right. So a lot of people will be like, Oh, I did this spell and it was a truth spell. 
And which honestly, like <laughs> those always get messy. Um, it was this <laughs> spell. And I really just wanted to like understand if the people around me like truly loved me or not. And then everybody left. And then now I'm just like faced with nobody in my life. And I'm like, mm. are you left with nobody in your life or did your truth spell work? And all the people who were not being truthful to you left. Wow. Right. So it's really, it gets really deep, really fast. Yeah. And yeah. If we go into spirituality with this very superficial mindset of like, I just want to, you know, control my love life or whatever, it's going to get really heavy, really fast. But when you're willing to do the work and you're willing to look at the parts of you that make you uncomfortable, that is when mm-hmm. you have those great breakthroughs. Like they're, right. they're big, they're monumental and they're that's when you have what a lot of people are like, I'm having my spiritual awakening. Yeah. No, you are having the excitement that comes with getting into a spiritual practice, but your awakening comes when you actually see yourself and you accept it. And this is speaking to me awakening (laughs) so much right now because so Sabrina and I, over the past couple of years, we've gone and gotten a lot of like tarot readings and, and various readings. And I get pretty much the same reading every single time I go somewhere, which is that I'm supposed to start my spiritual practice. I'm supposed to just like jump in. Like all my spirit guides are like, it's time, it's time, it's time. And I was just saying to Sabrina, like yesterday or the day before, when we were meant, we were just kind of like casually talking about shadow work and and all of that. And I was like, I just don't feel ready sometimes. Like I'm sometimes I'm like, I I want to do all this stuff, but I'm not ready to like work on my or like mentally it's a yeah. ready to work on it's myself yeah. at that level and at that degree. Yeah. It gets but darker again, before – it gets harder before it gets better. Right. It's like but you then have I'm to just face the, the really heavy forward, stuff. Right? Yeah. 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 Like I'm if I'm waiting for the perfect time to work, like when is that going to be? Like right. Never. Just, There's never right. a perfect right. time. Exactly. I know. I know all these things. I just need to <laughs> do it. But you know what? Sometimes we need to hear a message five times over before we're yeah, like, right. ready to do it. Yeah. I, I am not perfect either. Like I had Odin come in as a deity for me in January and he was like, you should do this. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. How about no? And just kind of like shunned his advice. And he was like, all right. And then like my business started like not going downwards, but I was just having like really bad months and it was just not doing well. And I was like, you know what, Mm -hmm. what's the worst thing that can happen? Just try. And it did get worse. (laughs) worse. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. And he was like, okay. And then it was like this huge tower moment of me realizing that my business wasn't what I wanted it to be. It was something that was close to it, but not quite. And so I had to actually like push past that fear to actually Mm -hmm. take the steps that I needed to and push past the anxiety and the fear of being rejected to just do it. And then all of a sudden everything blossomed. And I was like, oh, okay. When I listen to their advice, it actually goes better for me, even though it's stressful at first, because when someone comes in and they're like, hey, I'm knocking at your door and I'm going to burn your house down. I hope you're okay with that. (laughs) You're like, um, no, (laughs) no, thank you. Right. Right. When they do actually do it and they burn the house down and then you realize that you can rebuild however you want, you can have the dream house that you've always wanted from that burnt piece of land. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. But then also, <laughs> but I have another question because it's like, you know, when things, when you're opening yourself up and the floodgates are open and bad things can happen too, how do you differentiate between what feels bad but will be good and what's actually just bad? That's a really good question. And that's a question that a lot of people have. And I think one thing that has rang true every single time for me is that you will not understand why until you're on the other end of it. Yeah. You, Mm. you might never understand why, but most of the time we understand more in retrospect than we do when we're in the situation. Yeah. So it's kind of like when, um, let's go back to car analogies. I'm not even a car person, but it feels fitting. Um, (laughs) I love it. If you were like, I I've never even, I don't even have my driver's license. I don't own a car. (laughs) You're like, I'm fine. This is great. (laughs) Fine. The the dog and like the burning. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. With the, with the coffee cup. This is fine. Everything's fine. This is fine. So it's like, if you're in a car accident, you don't really realize what's happening while it's happening. You're just Mm -hmm. in the moment and you're going Mm -hmm. through the chaos and it's just all happening at once. And it's not until you step out of the car and you're looking at the wreckage and you can see where the other cars bumped your car and how, you know, it might've flipped or something like that, that you realize how it happened and, and why it happened, right? Like this person cut over into your lane and then you hit them and like stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. when we're in it, sometimes we're so caught up in the chaos of it all that we don't even realize what was happening. And that tends to be how things go. Now it is possible to have clarity within the storm, right? Have like the eye of the hurricane kind of situation, but most of the time it's the tornado with Dorothy situation where you're just having your house lifted up from canvas, Kansas. And all of a sudden you're in Oz and then you're like, how did I get here? (laughs) And so I, I do think that that's a legitimate question and I think it's a valuable question, but I also think that part of what spirituality is, is the continuous understanding that you will never find comfort in discomfort and you will never find understanding in the unknown. Because it's like you need to not- trust the process and just yeah, and I hate trust to your guides it's, and it's, yeah. So many people hate that advice and I understand why, (laughs) because inherently we want to know so that we can prepare ourselves. But what I always tell people is if you five years ago knew every single thing, good or bad, that was going to happen to you in the next five years, would you feel capable of going through it? And if you think about it that way, usually you're like, oh, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Because we yeah, go through right. so much stuff where I don't think that we would feel capable of navigating it if we knew what was coming. Right. Yeah. We're hyper focused on on changing the bad. Right. Yeah. Instead right. of You're like how can I appreciate the good I right. the outcome? Yeah. But when we live with that, that's so much anxiety for us to be mm-hmm. dealing with. It's so much anxiety just kind of resting on our shoulders and making us just anticipate this thing. But what if it doesn't even happen? <laughs> what if it was one of yeah. the pathways that we could take? So we're anticipating this thing that never ends up actually happening right? because our decisions moment to moment are the ones that create the future for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we do have certain experiences that we can't avoid that are meant to happen, you know, like faded moments. But in between that, like that's that's what tarot is. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it's so interesting is because 
when you look at tarot readings or oracle readings or any kind of divination when it's future future casting you're looking at the pathway that your train is on and seeing if it's something where you like that outcome and if you don't then it gives you the opportunity to say oh i don't like that i lose my job in 6 months but how is that being contributed to by what I'm doing now? Right. Am I not doing my work as as thoroughly or am I just showing up late a lot at the office or am I not um, asking for a raise like I should be? And maybe they're going to have layoffs for the position that you're in now in six yeah. months, you know? So understanding what could be happening in the future helps us to better make decisions now that can help us direct our future forward in a way that's mm. that's helpful for us. Right. It, it gives you always, perspective. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't always change the outcome, but it right. gives us the ability to readjust and see how the way that we're approaching life now may turn out for us if we don't you know, get our shit together. <laughs> right. I mean, this is something, this is something Corinne and I talk about a lot. And especially with the paranormal, it's, there's so much unknown. There's so many what ifs. There's just, there's no way of ever possibly knowing exactly how it works. And I think the biggest thing we say is like, it just like experience what you're experiencing because yeah. it's the only person who is experiencing it is you. So it's <laughs> your truth. It's your experience. And we love that we've created a space where that is accepted. And yes. I think with the paranormal, as you were saying, you know, growing up in a Christian home, like you were having these experiences, but weren't able to tell anyone about it and probably right. felt really isolated and alone. And I know Corinne and I have a million questions, but it would be, I, we would love to hear like your, if you remember what your first paranormal experience yeah. was. And then we wanted to get into astrocartography and hear about how that works and have our listeners be able to understand and kind of follow along as you read our own charts. Yeah, and then, absolutely. Then we'll have a million more questions, I'm sure, there too. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, how long do you got? This is going to be yeah. 10 hours long. <laughs> how long do you have? A lot. I, I've done podcast interviews that were like six hours long before. I believe so, it. Honestly, it just I, – I will go on for hours if you let me. So it's, it's <laughs> a dangerous game. It's a that, dangerous game we're playing. <laughs> this is our 200th episode. So we were like, we have to do something really exciting and fun. That is so super exciting. We are <laughs> – so glad That's you're here. That's a lot of episodes too, by the way. Like, yeah. kudos. You'll get there too, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Just not as podcast. quickly. <laughs> we are, <laughs> scheduling, scheduling inhibits us from posting as often as we'd like, but soon. Soon. Yes, in the yes. future. Someday. Yeah. So first paranormal experience. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, my first memory of experiencing uh, not a human spirit, but Archangel Azrael, who's the one that's been around me since I was, honestly, he's my first memory. Wow. Like my first memory is with him. That's incredible. That actually ended up being in a grocery store. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Angels in the grocery store. Yeah. That'd be Just, good like know, a casual indie band night. name. Yeah. We're just waltzing through Scaleri's at, uh, on a Monday night and then we bump <laughs> into an angel. So I was probably about four or five years old. I was like very, very young. And we lived in Gardnerville, Nevada, which at the time was very, very small town. So this was probably around like 1994, 1995. And so 
we would go to the grocery store right before they closed because one of my family members worked there and they would just let us shop like as they were kind of closing down the store so mm-hmm. that we could, you know, my mom could just kind of let us run around and not have to worry about us like being kidnapped or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, small town things. It's your playground. So, the right. grocery store yeah, is your yeah. playground. <laughs> so like we would just run around in the store and do whatever yeah. we wanted while she would do her shopping. <laughs> and I distinctly remember walking down the shampoo aisle. I don't know why, but it was the shampoo aisle. And I saw this man in a like dress clothes, which was very weird because it's like a small, like Western town. And yeah. this guy is wearing a, a full on suit and like, like the suit jacket and stuff like that. Like very, very, fancy for Mm -hmm. Gardnerville at 10 p.m. at night and a grocery store yeah yeah and I was just like but you know I'm five at the time so I'm like wow he's handsome he's wearing nice (laughs) clothes and so I I saw him standing in the aisle and he was literally just standing there staring at me and then he like quickly picked up a bottle of shampoo and was just like looking at it and then he looked over at me and he smiled and then he put the shampooed bottle down and walked down the aisle and around the corner. And I got excited because I was like, oh, this person is my friend now. So I ran after him, turned the corner. Man, how easily gone. you would have been kidnapped. I understand why yeah. your mom is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go yeah. grocery so shopping like, when it's close. You know, You're like, he looked town. at me. I'll follow him. <laughs> right. Right. So I ran after him and he was gone. And I couldn't wow. find him. I ran around the store looking for him oh. because, you know, at that point, like I knew that store, like the back of my hand. And so I ran down the aisles looking for him and I couldn't find him. And he wow. just disappeared. Now, what was interesting was at the time, I didn't realize that was a paranormal experience until one of my family members suddenly passed uh, about five years later ish. And he was standing with them. When when they wow. passed, oh, I've just and I I walked into their crime scene, and I didn't realize what was happening because I was a, about ten years old at the time. Yeah, I believe. so young. And it was me and my sister, and we walked up the stairs, and I, I won't get into like specifics because I don't want to like you know go too graphic, but essentially like there was a lot that was there. And oh, I'm so sorry. But the weird thing is I don't see it as traumatic because mm-hmm. when I looked at anybody with out that experience would look at that and say, Oh my gosh, that's so traumatic. I've talked about it in therapy and therapists are like, wasn't that traumatizing? And I was like, <laughs> no, because I saw them standing there across the room. Right. And I oh, saw in the grocery gosh. store and, sh- and my family member was smiling and waving at me. Oh. And he took their shoulder, turned them, and then they just disappeared. And it was like that oh. moment where I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's the guy from the grocery <laughs> store. And I was like, you know, I just didn't think anything of it. I thought I was crazy because for years I had no way to back that up. Mm-hmm. My my sister didn't feel comfortable talking about it until about Did your sister see them too? I didn't think so until three Uh years later, three years ago, she was like, did you see them that night? And I was like, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) And she was like, you saw the man. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And she described him in perfect detail. And I was like, oh Oh my my God. (laughs) And, and so, yeah, it's, it's something where like, I cannot explain it because neither of us talked about it with each other. Right. For that but for long. you at 10 years old to experience that 
and like you're saying, not experience it as a traumatic event, but to be to have some calmness and and peacefulness because you saw this, but also not understanding it, but your mind yeah. and your body was processing it that way. Yeah. So wow. it's but I've also been saved from possibly being kidnapped by the same <laughs> <laughs> the same dude. Good. <laughs> and it's yeah, there's there's so many experiences I could talk about and I I feel like I will take up too much time going into it. <laughs> But we'll have to have you back again in the future. Yeah, yeah. we'll just do it. We'll just <laughs> do like a episode. paranormal experience yeah, episode paranormal with you. Chat. Yeah. But yeah, so it's yeah, there was there was the campground incident where I didn't realize until I was older that they were not physical people because of the logistics of it. And because for years I just thought it was like this nice couple that randomly found me at the the campsite. I was a very adventurous child. Okay. I'm a Sagittarius <laughs> rising. So like, I'm all about adventure. I'm going to like explore the world. Yeah. And so I was probably about like six, five or six years old. And we were at Fallen Leaf Lake up in Tahoe camping. And the way that the campground is situated is it's kind of like this beach. And then there's kind of this loop of the different campgrounds. And in the middle at the time, there was a lot of like overgrown brush and just kind of, uh, these different bushes that have what we call goat heads, which are like these really thorny little tiny weeds that will Mm. get stuck in everything. Like they're just, Mm. Oh, they're awful. So, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. They're awful. They're, they're just terrible little things. And so we were all at the beach as a family. My dad walked back to the campground and I was like, I'm going to follow dad because I don't want to be at the beach anymore. So (laughs) I start just wandering back to where I thought the campground was, which obviously wasn't the right way because you know, I'm five or six years old. Yeah. You're young. And yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going on an adventure. And so I was walking around and there was the man from the grocery store, <laughs> which I just like love that I refer He's to him. He's around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you know, we found out that that was Archangel Azrael. So I guess I'll call him that, but it was Archangel Azrael. And then this blonde woman who I didn't realize was Archangel Haniel at the time. But when she came in for me a lot later in life, I was like, I know you, (laughs) but they were standing there. They just kind of like appeared in front of me and they were like, Oh, hi, Uh, what, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going back to my campground and I'm going to go back to my dad. And they were like, Oh, I think you're lost. And I was like, okay. So they were like, listen, your campground is literally right across that field. Let's just walk over there so we can get you back to your parents. And I was like, okay. So I I'm barefoot (laughs) because I was on the beach. Right. And they're walking me Mm. through this field, both holding my hands, but not picking me up. I'm five or six years old and I'm barefoot and they're walking me through goat heads. And I was like, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, wow, these people are rude. Like they're just not (laughs) picking me up, but I'm just like going across these goat heads and I keep going like, Oh, ow, ow. And they're like, it's okay. Just a little bit farther, just a little bit farther. And so we get to my parents and I remember my mom, like kneeling down and being like, Oh my gosh, there you are. And I was like, yeah, the nice man and, and lady helped me. And she was like, who, who? And I turned around and they were gone. Oh my gosh. And I didn't, but uh, when you think about it, I was five or six years old. Why wouldn't they just carry me? Right. Cause I can't, I'm just picturing you 
walking through the field, like someone right. watching you, yeah. just like, right. like, just hands like, up in the air, barefoot, yeah. and going all of yeah. these wow. all the spurs really weird in the grass. Think about it because like yeah. the normal response for anybody would just be like, oh, I'm going to carry this child over this right. like, mm-hmm. thorn bush wow but no they just like hadn't you know it was it was just like about guiding the fire <laughs> yeah and also for you to then you know in that moment be like oh it was definitely a man and woman who helped me back yeah like maybe they just like disappeared or like you know got me here and left but for you to later in life see them multiple times yeah. and then put it all together <laughs> is so incredible. incredible wow yeah. truly Okay. Well, well you, do you talk about your experiences on Ghost Tea, your podcast? Yes, we do. Okay. I, Alyssa and I both share our experiences. I think I actually, I don't know if I've shared that one on Ghost Tea yet, but we do talk about like our experiences with the paranormal. Okay. We're actually just about to record an episode on our investigation at the Chateau Loyer in Ooh. Ottawa. And it was it was a very good time. It was that's a really so cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, our listeners, I'll, we'll send them all over that way yes. in our show notes too, so that if they want to learn more about your paranormal experiences and this investigation, how cool! <laughs> check out yes. Ghost Tea. Yes, Ghost Tea podcast. It's yeah. on Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, things like that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's it's on so most cool. like major platforms. <laughs> You have Love had it. so many experiences. It's just incredible. Corinne and I like thought we've had a lot, but you, I mean, you have a lifetime and also you've just yeah. tapped into your ability. So you have so much going on. Yeah. But yeah, we would love to, you know, Corinne and I have recently, I recently have learned about astrocartography. I don't know much about it's it. It's so interesting. It's so fascinating. We would love to I hear. I mean, it's another, another thing under the category of finding yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it, it feels like. Yes one of the more approachable ways to kind of explore spirituality. Yeah. You just pull up a browser and yeah, yes. figure and, out and look at what your chart yeah. is. But once you do that, it's very overwhelming, right? Because there's a million different lines. Yeah. So. It it's hard for us to understand. So we'd love to hear what is the practice of astrocartography and how can our listeners follow along and also try to understand their own charts and yeah. yes. All the questions. All the questions. questions. It's okay. I love talking about astrology. So astrology in general, like has to do with your under, it it shows a showcase of the planets, the planetary alignments and the constellations above and around you at the moment that you were born, which is why it's really, really important to have your exact birth time when possible. Really advanced astrologers, which I don't consider myself, can calculate charts even if you don't have your exact birth time. But most Mm. astrologers need that exact birth time because it's really, it's a advanced technique and a difficult technique to try to find the exact birth time based on on charts and stuff like that. And if you calculate a chart without your exact birth time, What's going to happen is that you won't know where your ascendant is because your ascendant changes um, every like two to three hours in addition to your moon sign, which also changes every like two to three days. So it can be off by a couple degrees, which changes because each degree is associated with a certain sign of the Zodiac. So there's like the deacons and the, the 
degrees within each house and each sign. So it's going to change that depending on what time you were born. So having exact times is going to be most helpful when you're running these charts, which is why I I mention it. It's so fascinating. Astrology is so interesting to me, but in my mind, it's almost like a complicated math problem. Yeah. So you know, I think like I have such an interest in learning more about it, but I'm so glad we have you because I don't think I could do it on my own. <laughs> well, yeah. So the when you look at the circle charts, which uh, for anybody wondering, like, please don't use CoStar. It's mm-mm, mm-mm. oh, good to CoStar know. CoStar is like <laughs> I've no. used it before, so I'm glad. yeah. I I used to use it too before I w- like really got into astrology. And the problem is that the the way that they set up the charts, like people think that they don't have certain houses because it either won't list the houses that don't have planets or like, it just does it really weird. So I I actually don't recommend CoStar because I know it's a popular one, but it's not only is the creator like, "Mm," but also like the way that they have it set up is really, it's overly confusing. So what do you use? I personally use Astro Future, which is like, it's a free app. It has some paid like parts of it, but it will show you that circle map and it will show you the current transits as well. In addition to your map, but also I really like time passages. Um, time passages is a more expensive option. I think the the full version is like about $30 USD, which can be seem pricey, but if you're really wanting to get into astrology, it can be really helpful to kind of understand the basics of your um, natal placements and things like that. Uh, another option, if you're not wanting to go towards an app is astroseek.com, which I personally like to use. You can set up like a database of different people's charts and stuff like that. Look at current transits, look at moon transits, things like that. And it's, it's really, it's a neat, site to use in addition to astro.com, which is the site that I actually prefer to use for the astrophotography um, because it shows you what each line means when you click on them. So it can be Mm. really helpful to help people friendly to beginners. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beginner friendly. You can click on the lines and it will help you to kind of understand what each line means and how it can relate to your chart. Now, the reason why I'm talking about natal charts before we get into astrophotography is because when we talk about astrophotography, the way that it is generated is based off of your natal chart. So for example, um, my Jupiter and my Saturn are in opposition with each other. And because they have a strong aspect to each other, they're always going to be next to each other in my astrophotography. So if you have two planets that are conjunct, so for example, like my Neptune and my Uranus are both conjunct with each other then it means that they're going to be next to each other <laughs> in my astrophotography charts. And in addition to that, the more you understand your regular natal chart, the more you'll understand your astrophotography. Because let's say that you have your okay. Venus in a square with your Mars and you move to your Venus line, like one of your Venus lines. Now you're going to be like, yay, I'm out of Venus line. But what you're going to feel is you're going to feel the benefits of that Venus line, but you're also going to feel the square Mm. to that Mars being activated because you're on that Venus line. And that's something that's inherently in your chart. So there are 
disharmonious aspects and harmonious ones. So harmonious ones would be sextiles, trines, and then disharmonious ones in astrocartography would be squares. They don't really uh, show oppositions very much in in astrocartography and they don't show um, conjunctions, but they do show squares. So if you see a little square symbol, that would be considered disharmonious um, or something that's going to bring tension. So So it would be good to not live on a disharmonious <laughs> line. Avoid the square. Avoid the square. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, I, ideally, avoiding squares and stuff like that is going to be better. But understanding the general um, meaning or understanding of each of the planets is going to greatly help you understand astrocartography. So understanding just the basics of like Jupiter is expansion and growth and blessings. Uranus is sudden change and unexpected, uh, great awakenings, but also like constant change, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's right. unexpected. So continuous like opportunities, but also continuous tower moments. Pluto mm-hmm. is going to be really deep shadow work and like different, like difficult situations that keep coming up because Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. So you constantly are going through that transformative phase all the time. So people who live on their Pluto lines are going to have a lot of change that is constantly happening. Um, Maybe a a lot of people actually experience trauma on their Pluto lines because it's that that, like deep, dark secrets kind of energy. Um, Mm. Because in modern astrology, it's associated with Scorpio, which Scorpio is a very selectively like divulging information sign. So mm-hmm. they, they like to be very careful about what they share with people. That's interesting because um, my mom is a Scorpio and she shares all the information with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, it's possible that her Mercury is probably not in Scorpio and mm. and also um, her descendant is likely not in Scorpio either because that would be how – you interact with others. So I think it's, it is really helpful to know kind of the generals. Actually, I do have um, a question when it comes to, so we had let people on Patreon know that we were having you. And so a few people did ask questions about astrocartography and Ellie had commented and said that Ellie lives on a Pluto line, but is not planning to move away. So was kind of seeking advice for how, how you live on your your Pluto line? Yeah. So that's a really good question because it is important to remember that with anything in regards to spiritual advice, regardless of whether it's astrocartography, tarot, whatever, if someone is telling you to move, like, especially with astrocartography too, because if you're within like, you know, LGBTQIA plus things like that, you want to be looking at areas that are going to support you in your mm-hmm. lifestyle as well. So it can be difficult because maybe you have really good lines through mm-hmm. like more Southern United States, right. which is like kind of dicey when it comes to that kind of stuff. So being putting priority on your safety is like always uh, paramount, you know, astrology is astrology and it's helpful, but it doesn't mean that you're going to always have good experiences on quote unquote good lines. Um, so it's preparing you and giving you the information so that you can then make the best judgment for yourself. It makes it easier to navigate knowing what's going Mm, on. Absolutely. So what I would encourage uh, Ellie to do, which hi Ellie, (laughs) um, I would encourage her to, uh, or them to look at the lines 
that are around that Pluto line and see if they have any beneficial lines. If they have their Jupiter line there, I would assume that that's going to be something that is going to expand upon that Pluto line because Jupiter, again, is that planet of expansion and growth Mm -hmm. and blessings, but it can expand anything. So anything that it's interacting with, it's going to expand because it's just like, this is great. We're like, no, 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 no. (laughs) So Um, If you have a Pluto line there, moving more towards your Pluto line would be better. Um, Now, there is a branch of astrocartography because like there's the big umbrella of astrology Mm -hmm. and then there's astrocartography and then there's like more things under that. So there is a branch of astrocartography called um, astrocartography local space, which you can also um, calculate on uh, astro.com, the the site that I really like to use to kind of give you a better idea of how it works. And that's going to show you certain lines within the city that you live in. So it's a lot more niche than just an overall map. So that can be helpful if you're not planning to, or you can't move from a certain area, but you want to be in a better situated place within that area. Find a new favorite coffee um, shop. Better lines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like coffee shops are very important. Mm -hmm. So like (laughs) live closer to the coffee shop. Um, so it might be that if, if they're having a lot of difficulty living near, uh, living on their Pluto line, it's possible that looking at local space can help them to navigate towards a better line within that community. Now, another thing that you want to look at though, is looking at your natal chart And seeing what kind of aspects your natal Pluto has Mm. in your chart, because you might have all good aspects to your Pluto, which means that your Pluto line is not going to be as intense for you as someone who has a lot of squares or oppositions with their natal Pluto. So just because a line is considered good, that's why you really want to be looking at your natal chart in addition to the the chart, because it gives you a better idea of why that line is going to be beneficial to you. So for example, if you have Pluto in your sixth house and it's trining to your MC line, which is your career line, it could be that you have a lot of success around um, helping people like in a dietary way or working Mm. like as a personal trainer, um, someone who can help people make those death and rebirths within their daily practice and their daily lives. And that could be a really beneficial line for you to live on in a case like that, where you have that beneficial aspect to that, that planet. So do you do all of this during your readings? Like when you I do Astro Cartography. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I feel like everyone's gonna come flocking to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it it is something that I do because I I like to look at the the big picture of things and then kind of niche it down. Now, when I do people's astrocartography readings, I tend not to give them like a natal chart reading at the same time, but I right. do reference to it. If it, if I feel like the aspects in their natal chart are important for them to understand right. why I'm recommending a certain area. Um, and when you look at astrocartography, as it, as particularly if you're doing it through astro.com, I don't know really about other plant uh, or other planets, other programs mm-hmm. that like generate those charts. If you're looking at astro.com and doing your chart through there, it is going to base it 
off of your natal chart. So when you see the little, you know, triangle symbols with, with the planetary symbols, that will give you a good idea of like, oh, this is a trine in my chart, Mm -hmm. right? This is trining something with this, with this planet. So that can be helpful as well. So it's not that you have to understand your natal chart, but when you are trying to better understand your personal location and why it works for you, even though it seems quote unquote disharmonious, that can be really helpful to look at your right. natal chart rather than the chart itself with astrophotography, because that's going to be a lot more confusing. Okay. Well, should we, do you want to read our charts? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. I know I, I feel like will help everyone. I also I yeah. thought I knew certain things just from like clicking on random lines and reading about it. But after hearing all this, I'm like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that didn't mean what I thought it meant. Oh, we know nothing. We know nothing. <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm sure you're great at it. It's it's it really takes time. It takes time and and you know it, it takes time to learn things. And I think that's an important thing to remember too, is that when we look at astrology, astrology is so big. Mm-hmm. It is such a big topic. It's, mm-hmm. It has so many different pieces of information that people are still finding out about today. Yeah. And it's been thousands of years. So right. the fact that we're still learning about it, it's just impossible for anybody yeah. to be an expert in that field. And so I think it's important to remember that so that we don't beat ourselves up when it comes to not really understanding something like everybody starts somewhere, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important to remember. I had a great, great, which my great, great aunt, Irene was an astrologist. And my grandma always tells (gasps) a story about how she had, my grandma didn't get one because I don't remember why, but basically my gra- my <laughs> my grandmother's sister received her birth chart written out from this great aunt. Wow. And she said everything like to a T throughout this person's life. It all came true. And I'm just – so it's in my blood. I just got to apparently <laughs> yes. take some more time. You just got to tap into yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, to learn. Grandma Not knew. Not too frustrated. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Whose chart am I doing? Sabrina, do you want to go First. first. Sure. Okay. I'll go first. Okay, good. Because I put Sabrina's name in there first. Perfect. (laughs) And I was just like, actually, I should I should not intuit that. Um, Well, you you intuited properly. So (laughs) all right. Are we sticking to the US or are we just going all over the map? Let's do all over the map. Okay. Wow. International woman. I've always (laughs) wanted to live internationally. Yes. Okay. So can you see this? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. Cool. See, this is awesome. why it's intimidating when people first go go in. <laughs> it is. Like, what? It is. It's a lot of lines. So you could just toggle these off. Have the like you could uh, opt to not use the harmonious aspects or the disharmonious aspects, mm-hmm. and just look at the main lines. And that's still going to be helpful because these lines are still going to be the ones influencing the most. Okay. okay? Now, when you're looking at this chart the little dots are called zenith points. So there's kind of a debate of how much influence they have mile radius wise. So some people will say it's 600 miles radius around that point. Some people will say it's a thousand miles radius. So it kind of depends on the person you're talking to, but those are the places where those lines have the most concentrated energy. The lines. So I should live in the ocean. Yeah, you can <laughs> live in the ocean. Now, when you look at the lines, these main lines, these lines have a radius of 500 miles 
from the point where like it's, so it's technically like 250 miles on either side of the line. And then the smaller lines usually have like about 300 miles radius around both lines. Okay. Okay. So that's important to keep in mind because you may think that you're close to a line and then find out that it's actually not really interacting with you at all. Gotcha. So when we zoom in to your birth area, we're not actually seeing a whole lot of lines coming Mm. through in that area at all. So you're going to want to look at the smaller lines, which are more so influencing in this area. Right. When you look at the purple line, which in this case is uh, Neptune, Neptune is the planet of the gods. It's planet of spiritual connection, dreams, it's intuition and it's introspection. And then we have Uranus, which is the planet of great awakenings and the planet of sudden unexpected change. Well, both of those things are very applicable to where I grew up. I, yes. <laughs> a lot of my paranormal experiences are dream related. Oh, yes. There's a lot yeah, of that would um, absolutely do that. trauma and change in my childhood. So <laughs> yeah. And then we applicable. have Saturn. We have Saturn, which I think might be contributing to that. So Saturn hmm. is the planet of um, difficult lessons, um, benefit over long term. it's one of the slower moving planets. So its orbit is usually between like 28 to 30 years long. So that's, it's a slow moving planet. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's slow progressive change, but it also gives us difficult lessons that when we take them in stride and when we learn them, we benefit long-term from. Okay. Interesting. So when we look at the lines over your birth town, you have Neptune sextile AC, you have Uranus sextile AC, and then you have Saturn sextile MC. So because these are sextile aspects, they're considered harmonious. So when we take away the disharmonious, they're still there because they're harmonious. Sextiles are considered more flexible uh, aspects in astrology. So there's something where the planets are working with each other to kind of have a flow of energy. So when we look at that, you're going to have, uh, with it AC, that is going to be how you come across to others. So people are going to see that energy from those planets exhibited in how you present to others. So they're going to see you as this kind of like dreamy, spacey person who is kind of eccentric and kind of out there, maybe has like really weird ideas or very interesting ways of um, expressing themselves or approaching things. And when you look at that, it's something that is beneficial for you because it's that sextile. But then you have that Saturn influence that is more MC. Now, what I think is really interesting is that in astrocartography, MC is not going to be so much career-based as it is going to be around how you view yourself and how mm-hmm. you want to approach, like um, present to the world and how you like navigate those things. So in an area where you have an MC Saturn influence, you're going to see someone who is very hard on themselves, um, very hardworking. They really like to give themselves a lot of challenges because they think that if they give themselves more to do, they'll be more worthy of what they want. So they're going to like put themselves through a lot of hoops to try to prove themselves to others and to themselves. Right. Interesting. So that, that energy is going to be really influenced there. 
Now you do have a little bit of influence from your Chiron trine line, as well as your Venus trine. So again, we have the Chiron, um, MC, same as the Saturn and trine is also a harmonious aspect. So trines is also a flowing energy. It's, it's something where the planets are working together. They're like, yeah, we can help out each other. Mm. Um, so it's a good, it's a good aspect, but Chiron in astrology is an asteroid that represents the wounded healer. Um, he's a centaur within Greek mythology who was known as like a kind of um, someone who was very knowledgeable in medicine and healing others, but he was killed by a poison arrow. So he's considered the wounded healer. And because of that, Chiron represents our deepest wounds and how we can find deep healing from those wounds. So oftentimes you will see uh, places where people have had some sort of trauma or some sort of difficulty that they have eventually healed from and or used use now to help others Hmm. in those areas. So it makes sense that you would have maybe traumatic experiences or difficult experiences in your birth town that therefore pushed you to do something in your life where you're helping others who may be experiencing the same thing. And with that Venus line, which is AC, which I also want to go over the MC with the Chiron line, because it's MC, it's going to be that that is something that you kind of hold close to your chest, but then eventually use within your career because it's MC and MC is like career point. This all Um, makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. So then when we look at the Venus AC trine line, which is next to your Chiron MC line, Venus is the planet of beauty, love, material goods. It's art. It's, um, relationships, particularly romantic relationships, um, but also what we desire. So that area would have brought up a lot of what you're wanting from life, what you're desiring from life. Um, and in particular with that line being a minor line, you're really not getting much of that influence on your birth city, but rather like North of there. So I imagine that you've probably met partners who either lived North of you, like more up towards Boston or were like dating people who lived more towards up Boston, like up towards Boston, or you felt the most beautiful towards Boston because that's going to bring that well. <laughs> Marblehead. Yes, I was just thinking yeah. that. So yeah. Sabrina came out and because I live in Boston, Sabrina's in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And Sabrina came out and visited <laughs> and we spent time in Marblehead, Massachusetts. And the whole week, Sabrina kept saying, my cup is full. My cup is full. Yes. Yes. And that's definitely going to be that Chiron trine, Venus trine energy because hmm. trine again is a, a positive um, aspect. So even though Chiron is that difficulty with like healing, it's that healing where you find satisfaction with it, right? You're going to find that like that settled feeling of like, I'm healing, even if I don't know how I'm doing it, it's just happening. I really like this reading for Sabrina because I want her to move closer to me. And I feel like you're saying that she needs to be closer to me. Yes. I am really yes. curious about where I am now. So I'm in Santa Monica, California. Okay. I'm curious what's going on here. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you actually have a lot of similar energies coming through because when we look at 
over here, see how there is the Neptune AC mm -hmm. line sextile. And then we have the Uranus sextile AC as well on the minor lines, but you have your major Neptune AC and major Uranus AC lines in California that are influencing that area. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That were those the lines that, what were those lines again? What do they mean? So the Neptune line, which is going to be the purple line, that one has to do with dreams, intuition, mm. um, kind of this, like, think of, I hate to use this example, but like, think of Ariel from Disney kind of vibes, <laughs> like someone who's just kind of like dreamy or like Jasmine, like this very, um, like connected spiritually, uh, kind of connecting with the gods energy because Neptune has to do with connecting to spirit and connecting to the gods. And so you have a lot of that influence, mostly up towards um, my, my favorite city so far, San Francisco. Hmm. So it's going to be really influenced up there, but you do have a Pluto sextile AC line up there. So that might be something where you might have some difficult experiences. If you go up there, even though it's a positive line, it might bring um, maybe an awakening or a, a change that could be beneficial for you. Uh, if you're needing to like have kind of a, a getaway where you kind of have this rebirth of sorts, um, going to Northern California might be beneficial for that. Interesting. But you also have that Uranus AC line, which is going to contribute to that constant change. So it's, it's not the best line to be on just because you're constantly having to redo things. You're constantly having to adapt. You're constantly having to like change things. And that can be really frustrating. It can also cause a lot of anxiety and nervousness um, because it's just, you don't know what to expect. Like it's yeah. it kind of that feeling of like something always lurking around the corner and you're just like, uh, like what do I do here? Um, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I also feel like that, that applies a lot to my career. So yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're working with like the paranormal, like it's, it's hard to, it, it's a good, <laughs> Neptune is a good line for that. Uranus is more complicated with that because mm -hmm. it is going to kind of contribute to that kind of nervousness and, and not knowing kind of what to expect with things. Um, especially like paranormal encounters, but you do have your Venus DC line running right next to Mexicali, which is going to be influencing the Los Angeles um, area. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if you're currently dating someone from that area or someone who is from Arizona or even hmm. um, Utah. Uh, I, and, I'm married to a Minnesotan. Well, I guess he grew oh, up, he was born in Minnesota and kind of raised in Colorado. So, okay. Yeah. So this, your Venus DC line does run up right through the corner of Colorado, like the upper, mm -hmm. um, the upper West corner and right through like Wyoming and upper North Dakota. So it's not really influencing where he grew up, but oftentimes what you'll see with Venus lines and particularly Venus DC, because DC, like the descendant in our charts has to do with, uh, how we view other people. So it tends to be people that we're looking for as partners tend to be around 
Venus lines. Mm -hmm. So for example, like I have a Venus line that runs down the coast of California and I met my current partner in California. (laughs) Um, I met Nick in California. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me that that line runs through there if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and with the Neptune line and the Uranus line being AC, that is going to be more so relating of how other people see you. So other people might see you as kind of this like nervous, maybe like, um, not jittery, like in a bad way, but just someone who's kind of like always like on edge (laughs) kind of underneath. Anxious? Hey, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like someone who's anxious and just kind of, um, nervous and, but someone who is really greatly attracted to like spiritual esoteric occult, um, and really wanting to connect more with like the ether realms and and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me with that area too. And you don't have a whole lot of minor lines running through there. You do have your Neptune and Uranus, um, sextile MC lines running parallel down right, right where I am, um, in Phoenix, but those are minor lines. So they are going to influence that and a little bit over to about Oceanside, California, I I would assume. Um, but those aren't going to be influencing you as strongly as those main lines on, you know, that are flanking either side of Los Angeles. So looking at this, what would be the ideal place for me? Hmm. Well, it depends on what you want to do. If you're wanting to look at success career-wise, I would try personally to move somewhere along your sun DC and your um, Mercury DC line, because uh, particularly Nashville would be good. Um, Mm. Louisville, Kentucky, Nashville, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, even Tuscaloosa, even up into like Dayton, Ohio, Fort Wayne, um, Indiana, up even Detroit uh, areas would be cool. Or if you want to go to Canada, you can <laughs> go to Sudbury. Um, but what you're going to find in these areas is the influence from your Saturn AC line, which is going to be that those difficult lessons. Um, and people might see you as kind of this really determined, very, a very driven person who is very particular about how they get things done, but it's going to help bring you kind of that structure on how you move through your connections with others. But you also have that, um, minor Jupiter MC sextile line, the pink line mm-hmm. running right past those and intersecting with them, which is really beneficial for career because Jupiter, again, planet of expansion, um, blessings and, and things like that. So when you have that influencing with your moon, um, sextile AC line as well, which is a beneficial minor aspect also coming through there. And then you have your sun DC and Mercury DC, this is going to create this scenario where you yourself feel more confident and feel more um, expansive and adventurous with how you Mm. approach things, uh, which is going to be that Jupiter influence. But then you're also going to be seen as this very emotionally expressive person. And this person who like 
you're going to feel more comfortable interacting with others because it's going to be that um, sun DC influence. And the sun has to do with like self-confidence and um, how we express ourselves to our, ourselves, but also to others. It can bring about a lot of happiness and um, success, but you also have that mercury DC line, which is really beautiful to be on too, because it helps you to feel more eloquent with how you express yourself. Um, it will help you to be kind of quick on your feet when you're, it comes to thinking um, because mercury has to do with our mind and how we communicate. You do have a little bit of influence in those areas from your North node uh, square AC line, which is a minor disharmonious line. And the North node has to do with like our destiny and um, karma and things like that. So it could be some situations where you have um, influence from things that are kind of pushing you towards a destiny point that could be uncomfortable with that square aspect, but it's going to get overshadowed by the other lines that you have going on there, which is going to help you ultimately just kind of push forward through that. But even with, if you don't want to be living there, even traveling to these places could be really, really helpful because I, I think it's important to remember that even if you don't live in these places, you can still find places that are really beneficial for you and travel to those mm. places. Like if you know, there's a place that's really good career-wise travel for a, a business travel there, like, right. you know, to get some stuff done. That's um, expensive, correct? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it can be really beneficial. Like for example, with my chart, my, uh, one of my Jupiter lines, particularly, uh, a minor Jupiter MC line or my major Jupiter MC line runs right through Ottawa. Mm. And that's where my friend lives. And I just came back from visiting her and, uh, my Saturn line is also up there. So I noticed that I felt really adventurous mm. and I felt really expansive and I was like, yeah, let's do all these things. That's but there amazing. was also this undercurrent of like, oh, I have to like be responsible and I have to like get things done. But it's also, it, it brought up a lot of things for me where I was like, oh, okay, this is things that I want to change in order to help support the dreams that I have from this Jupiter line. So right. it can be really, really helpful, even just traveling to yeah. these places to be in that energy. And what I would yeah. encourage people to do too, is think about places where you had amazing vacations, like amazing experiences felt really good, had good experiences, met really cool people, um, things like that. And look at the lines that are in those areas, because oftentimes when you look at the lines in those areas, they'll be favorable and you can kind of understand how those energies would come through based on the experiences that you have in those places. That made me think of Amsterdam because that's one of my favorite mm. places I've traveled to. Yeah. So let's look at Amsterdam. So we have, oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> you have that Uranus and Neptune lines running right by Amsterdam. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's really, really incredible. That's so so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, really cool. So um, you also have Jupiter square AC line. Mm -hmm. that it's also going to be contributing to that, but you're mostly going to be affected by these 
Neptune DC lines and the Uranus DC lines. So again, DC or the descendant in our charts has to do with what we're looking for in other people. So traveling to an area where you're interacting with your um, Neptune DC line and your Uranus DC line is going to bring up a lot of you wanting to understand deeper the psyche of other people Hmm. and understanding the spiritual customs of those areas with Neptune influencing, you might feel more spiritually connected in those areas. And you also may find sudden unexpected meetings with people. Like you might meet people unexpectedly that you have like these revelations with, like you might meet people where they say something and you're just like, Oh my gosh, yes, (laughs) that yes. And then it brings like an awakening with your, your spiritual path or kind of a career um, thing that makes you change your direction. Um, You do have some influence from your moon DC line here. That's the dark blue line down um, to the South and the moon DC line. The moon is how we express our emotions and it's how we navigate our emotions. And with the moon DC, it could be that you feel more comfortable expressing yourself emotionally to people in those areas or being emotionally vulnerable in those areas, because that's related to how you interact with others. But it's also possible that with, again, we have that North node square MC line. You're like, especially around London, if you were to travel in those areas, you're going to find that heavy emotional influence, but also have this feeling that you have to be getting something done. Like you're, Hmm. you're forgetting something or you have to be making action because you have this Mars AC square line, which is going to cause that tension around action and around like motivation. So you're just like, Oh, I have to get something done. Like I have to do something um, because you have that extra energy coming from that Mars line. And then with that North node MC, it's going to be more so based in understanding like what does destiny mean for you and how can you take steps to move towards that and also finding like resistance and tension within yourself towards those themes. Wow. This is incredible. I I feel like I already understand a lot more than I... It makes it a lot easier to understand when you have someone kind of like Talking, talking about the different, yeah. <laughs> the different <laughs> aspects people, and like how things work. Do people ever find themselves in a space where they have no lines near them? Like, is that possible? Yes. Yes. So um, if you're in a space where you're not having any lines interact with you, like if you calculate it out and even when you look at the um, – the radius of those lines, and you're not able to see any areas that are being actually interacted with, or you're just getting the, the touching points, like just the fade out points of those lines. What you're going to find is a lack of motivation, a lack of direction, a lack of feeling like you're pulled in any kind Mm. of direction. It's just kind of like this stagnation. Mm. Think of the lines as rivers And if you move away from the flow of water in the currents, like when you're in the ocean, it's like there are current lines in the ocean. And when you move away from that, you just have this stagnant water. That's how it feels when you're in those areas where 
you don't really have a lot of lines interacting with you because if you even have a minor line, it's going to have some flow of energy that's going to kind of propel you forward. That's going to make it easier for you to continue moving forward with those themes and with those situations to kind of help propel you onwards. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would think that it would bring some sort of a feeling of stagnation and um, sometimes even frustration yeah. from people. Because when I do hear from people who don't have a lot of lines in the areas where they live, they're just like, I just don't feel motivated. I don't yeah. feel like I have anything that's kind of working on my side to help me get like where I want to go. Um, and it can be hard to kind of utilize any kind of planetary energy because you're not having those lines help you right. do it. Man. So and then looking at this, there's that like one area where all of the lines seem to cross. What does that yes. mean? This means chaos. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So where should I avoid? Chaos. Where is that? Is that yeah, Greenland? So, yeah. <laughs> chaos. <Wolfen>. Okay. <laughs> Never visit there is what I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> Never go here. <laughs> so this is going to be the point where all of your lines intersect before branching off again. And the more lines that you have over an area does not mean better. <laughs> um, so what you're going to find here is just a lot of like feeling like you're being pulled in a million different directions because you literally have, you are, yeah, <laughs> you have good lines and you have bad lines all intersecting with each other. So if you need a little dose of chaos in your life, <laughs> There you go. That is I think I have enough of it where I'm at. So. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's maybe not a place where you want to go okay. uh, on vacation. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I want to figure out if I am living in yes. the right spot. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Oh, all of your lines intersect up in Alaska. So oh. Alaska <laughs> is not a place that you want to <laughs> I have gone to Alaska. Yeah, oh, really? I went on a, an Alaskan cruise when I was 16. But oh, and what it happened? was on the it was How on the was coast, that? so it wasn't quite where all the lines intersect. So you were just visiting all of the little lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like Bopping I really around. feel like I'm in this ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, ooh, you live like right on top of your Venus trine MC. That's nice. Which that's a good line, right? That's a good line. Yeah, that's definitely a good line. You would have a little bit of influence from the Venus AC line as well. So uh, that's going to help you feel inspired to create art. Like if you were an artist um, in your younger years, that would contribute to that. Or if you were someone who was really interested in art, that would also contribute. But AC within astrocartography tends to talk about how you view yourself uh, or not how you view yourself, how others view you. So people might have seen you as this very beautiful, very artistic person who was maybe even very fashionable. <laughs> like it could be coming across that way too, because Venus does have to do with fashion as well. See, Corinne, you are fashionable. Yeah. In, yeah, in Vermont the in high school. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not in regular yeah. life. <laughs> exactly. So then you also have this Venus trine MC line, which is going to be how you view yourself. So because of that, that's going to be contributing to you feeling um, pretty supported by 
people around you there, you may have felt beautiful or felt very drawn to art, felt very um, connected with like your sense of style and aesthetics and things like that. But you do have this Saturn MC line. So a lot of difficult lessons of how you view yourself. Long-term. That goes right so I imagine you were where someone... I grew up, which was in yeah. Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. I would imagine that that is going to be contributing in the sense of you feeling extremely, um, like the only way that I can think to describe it is like a heavy weight of responsibility on your shoulders of what you're going to be doing long-term, how you move forward long-term, especially when it comes to like college, I would assume like when you were going into college, you were probably like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Like what if I make the wrong decision and then hate what I do? That's why I didn't declare my major Um, until I was a junior. (laughs) Oh really? Oh my God. Okay. Well that makes sense with that line there, but you do have the Saturn uh, trying AC line, which is a beneficial line. And that's a minor line. So you have this major MC Saturn line that is going to contribute how you see yourself, but other people see you as this very hardworking, very responsible person. And it's a bittersweet place. <laughs> you also were getting influenced by your try, um, Chiron sextile AC line, which is going to be related to that wounded healer. So depending at the degree that your Chiron is placed in your natal chart, that can give you a better idea of what age you were likely to have experienced something that was that wound that Chiron Mm. kind of rules over for you. So like if you have it at 10 degrees, it's likely that around 10 years old is when you had that wound that you kind of always go back to with Chiron. It's a really interesting thing. Now, obviously the degrees only go up to 30. Mm. So when it tends to be, um, like younger degrees, sometimes if you don't have something that happened younger, uh, going up to about 20 degrees, you can usually add about 30 years and, and have that come through that way. Mm. But with Chiron being there and being in a sextile with your AC, that can be something where people might see you as this person who has gone through a lot, but is ultimately someone who shows kindness and shows uh, grace to others and is very healing to be around and someone who approaches things in, in a way where you're really looking after the health and well-being of others over your own trauma. Mm. See, um, so I which, would 100% agree with well, that. Corinne is so empathetic. Well, I was just going to say, and Sabrina, this, just makes this me is, think, you move here, I take care of you. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what go. I'm hearing. She, she feeds you crackers and tea, and then you'll be, <laughs> be happy forever. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, best friends that, that take care of others for the win. <laughs> I'm that friend to Alyssa. Like, I'm just like, how can I be helping? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you also have that Mars AC square line that also is influencing that area. So a lot of that energy of like, I need to get stuff done. Like I need to be going. I, I'm forgetting something. I need to be doing something um, because Mars is action, motivation, like 
energy to push us forward. So because of that, being in a square, you may have come across to people as this person who is always just kind of like needing to get stuff done, Mm -hmm. but never really making a whole lot of progress short term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which probably was very frustrating. (laughs) Sorry, parents. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know what? Let's look at where Sabrina lives and see mm. what kind of lines you write. <laughs> I'm just like, she's like, you're you're conspiring with Sabrina now. <laughs> All right. So I did go to college out in Los Angeles. So I lived there. For, oh, did you? Yeah, six okay. and a half years, which is where Sabrina and I met. Mm-hmm. Well, look at that. You have your your Neptune and Uranus MC lines <laughs> influencing Los Angeles. <laughs> Y'all have these lines in the same places. <laughs> wow. So with these lines, this is going to contribute to that like energy of feeling really connected to the spirit yourself and also like kind of having those great awakenings, if you will, uh, in regards to spirituality. And that would make sense, like meeting Sabrina there and connecting that way, but also having that spiritual connection, um, Mm -hmm. with each other and having that be the thing that's kind of driving Mm -hmm. you forward as well. You also have the Saturn AC, uh, sextile line running right through Las Vegas, but it's also also going to be contributing to um, Los Angeles just a touch, more so San Bernardino area. And um, that's going to help with like that structured movement forward long-term. But if you were mostly around Santa Monica area, that's going to be mostly influenced by your Chiron Trine AC and your Mercury Square AC. So Square. I just know squares. squares There's a lot of squares here. I'm seeing many squares stacked up on the left. Yes. There's, there's a lot of scars. So San Francisco <laughs> area, San Jose, Oakland, um, Salinas, and those kind of areas, even like, um, Santa Cruz would probably be places where you would feel a lot of like frustrating energy healing. Cause you have that Chiron influence, but overall like frustrating because you might feel very spacey, very kind of like aloof and just kind of out of it. You are getting a little tiny bit of that influence if you go up towards like Santa Maria, but otherwise you're mostly being influenced by those minor lines of that Chiron trine AC and that Mercury square AC, which is going to be bringing up healing and a lot of the ability to work through past wounds, maybe the wounds that you had come up in childhood because you have that that beneficial, um, aspect with that Chiron, but it could also bring up a lot of frustration around thinking. Like it wouldn't surprise me if in school you struggled a lot with like concentration or focus or being able to really articulate yourself in the way that you wanted to. Mm. Um, because sometimes when we go to, areas where we have that mercury, um, square lines, it's going to be something where you have trouble expressing yourself to others, especially with being AC, having trouble expressing yourself in a way that you want to, to others, whether it's through communication or, um, 
or even like your thought process might feel kind of jumbled there or like tense. So that's, that's the lines influencing there. You don't really have a lot of major lines other than that, um, that Neptune and Uranus Mm -hmm. MC, you do have your, uh, Jupiter DC off of the coast of California, but it's just far enough that I don't think it's influencing very much Mm. unless you go up to that upper California, like Northern California area, which is going to be mostly influenced by that line rather than that Southern California. Is there a line where it's basically like, this is where you'll feel most at peace, like just ease of life? That would be either the sun the sun line in general is going to be most of the time the best line for pretty much everything. Mm. Um, just because that and the Jupiter line. And again, this depends on the kind of aspects you have to your sun and your Jupiter in your natal chart as well. But when you look at astrocartography and, and astrology in general, particularly talking about natal charts rather than astrocartography, your AC or your ascendant is going to be how you're coming across to other people because it's the sign that was ascending on the horizon when you were born. So that's why your horoscopes should always be read for your rising sun rather than your sun. Okay. They were never actually meant to be for the sun sign. They were meant to be for the rising signs. So when you look at horoscopes for your rising sign, it makes more sense because it has to do with like other people and how you're coming across to other people. I need to look up what my rising sign is. Your sun sign. (laughs) Yeah. Your sun sign is going to be more so of how, what you strive to be and who you aspire to be. So because of that, that is going to be the line where you are feeling most confident and most like yourself, Hmm. um, happy, successful, things like that. And with Jupiter, it is about blessings and expansion and things like that. But there is, it's not that you can't feel confident on your Jupiter line, but like, ideally, if you're living somewhere that is contributing to your Jupiter and sun lines, that's going to be best. But in particular, if you're wanting to focus more on career, I would look at the MC sun and the MC Jupiter lines. Uh, If you're wanting to focus more on how you come across to others. So coming across as very successful and confident and happy um, to others, you're going to want to look at the sun AC line because that's how you're coming across to others. The MC lines also have to do with how, like how you view yourself um, when it comes to astrocartography. The IC lines are going to be more related to the home. So if you're wanting to be happy, like in your home life and and things like that, the IC lines are going to be really beneficial for that. The one that you want to avoid is the Saturn IC line or the Pluto IC line. 10 out of 10 do not recommend. Wait, Um, can we find those on my chart? I want to see where I should not be. (laughs) So the reason why these tend to be lines that people do not recommend being on is because, or like even the Chiron IC can sometimes be that way. What you're going to find is you're going to find a lot of difficulty because Saturn can represent like difficult lessons, mm-hmm. particularly around your home. So like mm-hmm. housing problems, um, real estate problems. If you buy property there, it might be a place where you like have a lot of issues uh, around your property and renters, if you're renting it out. So Pluto IC for you runs right through like Nigeria, um, upper, uh, Africa, like upper, um, 
Western Africa. Oh, you have a zenith point in Saudi Arabia. What are the zenith points again? So the zenith points are where you have the most concentrated energy from that oh. line. So mm. the zenith points, which are these circles right here, um, these, depending on the person you talk to, uh, you're either going to hear that they have a radius of 600 miles or a radius of a thousand miles. Right. So um, it's going to really like, you're going to find a lot of that concentrated energy from that line in those areas. So traveling to this area, like meeting someone, especially with it being, um, Venus MC, you could feel really beautiful, feel really, um, connected to your aesthetic in those areas. You might find that the kind of styles from these areas might be really appealing to you because of that Venus MC and that Venus square AC line in there. But when we, Oh, look, your sun line. There it is. Your sun zenith actually is, it influences Bangladesh. Have you ever thought about moving to Bangladesh? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that might be Maybe really you need I I've never been there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well then there, there you go. There's a reason to go. You may want to avoid uh, like upper Malaysia and even like Thailand, like Southern Thailand, possibly even Singapore because you have the zenith point for your Pluto AC in that area. And that can, that can be difficult to navigate, but you do have a lot of good energy around like Myanmar, um, Bangladesh, those areas, because they're mm. all going to be influenced by this sun MC zenith point, as well as this Jupiter MC sextile, which is really, really nice for a career and also uh, how you feel about yourself and also how you can have like opportunities come in. How interesting. You're a little bit of that influence from that moon I see. So there might be um, a lot of like emotional expression within the home. Mm -hmm. uh, or you might feel very uh, emotionally connected to places that you are there because it might feel mm -hmm. like home to you. Oh, there's the Saturn I see right there. <laughs> So you have that running right through like Vietnam, like lower, uh, lower China, I believe this is yeah, lower China, kind of up through like close to Thailand as well. And then down into the islands south of there. So because of that, those are areas where if you did buy property, it's not to say that it's completely doomed, but it just means that it's likely that you're going to have a lot of issues as far as like, if you were renting to someone, or if you were to buy property there, you know, you might have pipes leak or, you know, things where you're having to like, have a lot, you just have a lot of issues come up around real estate. Um, I'm pulling up my chart again. On I, my I was iPad just thinking that Sabrina, <laughs> Nick and I just bought a rental property and we are having lots of problems. So let me, I'm, you keep going with oh, this, but I will okay. pull it up. <laughs> well, what I'm liking with, with my reading so far is that some of the really tough lines are nowhere near where I'm currently living. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I didn't see the I see like the Saturn I see lines up in North America. I'll take a second look. Is there Let's also see. a line for love? So my fiance and I we met yes. in Boston and he's from New Jersey, but I'm just curious what the what the map thinks. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that would make sense because you do have your uh, Venus trine MC running right through Boston, which is going to influence New Jersey just a little bit. Um, so that would make sense there. And also with the Saturn MC line running through there, it might be something where because of that, you were feeling very determined to have something that would be like long-term mm. um, because Saturn is more long-term focused. That makes sense. I would also I was a, t- I was assume- a tough date. I did it for four yeah, years. Yeah. And she's like, I know exactly what I want. And like, so- can I impress her? And you're just like, I don't know. Try. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell me what you what you have to offer. <laughs> um, so you do also have that Venus trine MC, which would be influencing a little bit as well. Um, so that's going to come across like the Venus lines are really going to be what you're focusing on when it comes to love, because Venus has to do with love a lot. Obviously they're not the only things that you should be looking at. Like when we, when we look at synastry readings in astrology, which I love because I'm a huge sappy romantic. Um, <laughs> but when we look at synastry readings, you tend to want to focus on the suns and how they move together and how they aspect each other. Venus, uh, because that's going to be what you desire, what your partner desires, how you express love, your Mars, because that's how you express aggression, mm. but also uh, like how you express passion and things like that, um, how you express motivation. Like for example, someone with Mars in their sixth house might be someone who's extremely physically active. And if it doesn't aspect well with yours, you might find that you're like a much more of a homebody than that person. And you're just like, um, I don't want to be going out all the time. And they're just like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's be working out together. And you're just like, wow, this is a lot. (laughs) Um, but you're also going to want to look at moons because the moons are going to be how you express yourself emotionally and how they aspect with Mm -hmm. each other. And also, of course, looking at the signs that your these planets are in is going to also help because if you have like, for example, um, if you have a mercury in Gemini and then you have another mercury in, uh, Sagittarius, you are going to have maybe some oppositions with each other, but it is also going to be, um, sister signs, which is the signs that are across from each other. So because of that, there is going to be this weird understanding, Mm. like that kind of saying of like opposites attract, um, of, this frustration of like, you are, you're so different than me, but you're so alike to me too. And that frustrates me, but like, we can figure it out. Um, so there's there, those points are going to be what you're going to want to look at in, um, astrocartography as well. But in particular, I would focus in on the, uh, DC lines when you're looking in regards to your partners. So oftentimes what you'll find is that your Venus DC lines tend to be either where your partner is from, where your partner, uh, was born or where your partner, um, currently lives. And so if you move to an area like that, or you visit an area like that, it's more likely that you might bump into someone who you just really feel compatible with. Um, Mm -hmm. In reverse, like being in the Venus AC lines, um, that's going to be how you're coming across to others. So 
that might be where your partner meets you. So if you go to the, your Venus AC lines, um, which your Venus AC line is running up through like Northern Maine and into Halifax. So because of that, it does have some influence on Boston. Um, not so much on New Jersey, but uh, like Boston area. So it is where you two met. It is. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that you both would meet there because that would be you being attractive to other people and like kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) come to me energy. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like I'm the beautiful goddess that you should be (laughs) dating right now. Did you know that you should be dating me? Surprise. This is Um, so interesting. It's just like the the stars and the planets are speaking and it's like, oh, that does make sense. Oh, yes, that is how I feel there. I'm so I've been upset. taking so many notes just of like what I should remember to look at when I'm <laughs> You're just like move, I will say I just move, looked at my chart and Colorado where we bought, bought property does not seem to have okay, Saturn, good. Pluto or Chiron ICs going through it. So good, good. I think we're yeah, clear. the universe won't <laughs> keep yes. throwing things at you. It's just a unless a Nick unless Nick has yeah, those man. lines going through <laughs> his, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, you know, the sun I see lines, the sun I see lines, uh, like uh, Corinne has it running right by Memphis and like up through Illinois. This The sun I see line would be great for buying property on because it's going to indicate like a happy home life. Oh. Hmm. It's going to be like that happiness, success, um, kind of joyous energy, confident energy when it comes to uh, the home. What so was the place that, that you kept bringing up accidentally, Corinne? Indiana. In our in our podcast, I kept accidentally reading stories from Indiana, and we we're like, "What is this meaning? Like, <laughs> we're like, Corinne's supposed to be in it's Indiana. Really funny, live in Indiana because you you do have your North Node, so like the destiny point running through oh, it." <laughs> what you're looking for in others. I guess I love <laughs> wow. Indianans or whatever but, they're called. But you also have the Pluto line, like Pluto DC influencing Indiana as well. So it means that like there's a draw there of like, I don't want to say trolley because that sounds like really dramatic, but like, like um, darker uh, esoteric stories. Ooh from places along that line wouldn't Hmm. surprise me if you're like drawn to that. So like Atlanta, Florida, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, up through Ohio, influencing like Indiana and Michigan as well. And because you have the, the moon MC there, it would also mean that you have some sort of emotional draw to it. So do you ever do like side by side, relationship couples chart reading i have had so many people request that from me and i actually have it in the works but i am i was planning to launch it like right at the beginning of next year Mm -hmm. um just because i i'm already pretty much booked up for december Mm -hmm. but that's awesome i am planning to offer it in the new year because i have had a lot of people be like hey can we have like you know couples because we're wanting to like move together and we want to make sure that we're yeah, going to so a place that works for both yeah, of us. Because places yeah. could look great and for one person and then the other person's like right. failure in, in that's their chaos, romance, but and the house. And, yeah. thing, the, 
Yeah. So for anyone wanting to look at it as in terms of, um, partnership, because I, you know, that's something that's so understandable to want to look at. Um, what you're going to want to look at is if you can't find an area where you have lines that work for both of you, but there's a lot of really good lines for one person, you can still move there and have it be beneficial for both people in the partnership. Mm -hmm. Because like, for example, if uh, Sabrina and Mike moved to a place where there was like, she had her sun IC line and she had her Jupiter MC line. And it was just like this beautiful, like, you know, she's got some Venus in there. Like, it's just like this really beautiful area, but he has like his Pluto line running through there. He is going to have difficulty, but the pros for her can help him outweigh mm, the cons for him. So wow. (laughs) (laughs) The car is just like, yes. Um, so it can kind of help balance it out a little bit. And I mean, in the same way that like it can work with your natal charts, like if you have your Pluto trining with someone's Venus, you're going to have them having a lot of compassion for the deaths and rebirths that you go through, you know? So there's just a lot of like different ways that those can interact with each other as well. That's so fascinating. This is incredible. Corinne, is there like it's one place really that you have like astrology. the same? <laughs> yeah. Corinne, do you have a place like what Amsterdam was to me? Um, hmm. Maybe not like, oh my gosh, this is. Well, so I went to Greece when I was 12 oh. and it wasn't necessarily that I was so happy there, but I recognized a lot and knew a lot before having never been told past it. life yeah so i kind of think i had a past life you know why through because you have the north node ic line there and that's like karmic past life really Whoa. yeah my dad mm. thought it was strange we were like going on these tour buses and i was basically like regurgitating things that i had never heard or learned before learning them i'm like oh that's where this <laughs> happened and he was like what yeah. you creepy that's little funny. kid <laughs> He's just like, who yeah, is this and child? I was like, I don't know. I'm oh. just, everything's coming back to me. I just like am flooded with all these, yeah. with this knowledge of this place that I've never been to before. Yeah, and to so, have the line confirm that's, it, that's so yeah, cool. that is really really interesting because again, the IC line has to do with like our home, mm-hmm. right? It's the home point mm-hmm. in our charts, and with the North Node IC line, that tends to be the line where you find that you've had a lot of past life connections with because the North Node tends to have to do with like destiny and karma and things like that. Um, if you believe in karma, um, but it does tend to be related to like past life connections. Mm. So it doesn't surprise me that it runs through Greece. This is so funny. Yeah. The the two places that Sabrina and I have brought up with our different reasonings. There's also a Mm -hmm. line confirming what we felt. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to find my, (laughs) I'm trying to find my Nordic IC. Yeah. Find your past life. I'm trying to find it. (laughs) You're trying to find your past life. Well, let's, let's, Oh, you can. Oh, you have it up. Perfect. Yeah. Mine froze. So this. this oh, <laughs> it's just like do not perceive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's see. Um. Chiron IC can also sometimes indicate past lives as well. Not as much as like North Node IC. Um. I would assume, but I would assume that Pluto IC and Chiron IC 
would more so um, be like traumatic past lives if you're relating it to past life. Interesting. Um, And that runs right through northern, west northern um, Africa for you, Hmm. Sabrina. Yeah, we're so fascinated to do a past life hypnosis regression Mm -hmm. to learn more about this. Yes. Past lives are fascinating. I used to do past life readings and they were always just really, really fascinating. My friend does them now though, and she just loves them. She's just like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. It is, I'm sure. (laughs) It's like, this is adorable. So yours runs right through Bangladesh and like Nepal. Hmm. So right up through that area. Um, So it's possible that you have some past lives in Asia that's um, yeah, my family is also from Asia. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe you have like a lot of fast lives back there. Then that would make a lot of sense if that's in your heritage already. Yeah, that would be really cool though to have like that constant connection to that area. Yeah, like, my dad was regardless. born in Pakistan, and my grandfather was born in India. So there's a lot of wow. water up there. That's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> so I was going back to our some of the Patreon comments, and Heather had asked, if you can't move to your perfect astro spot, how could you support it or tap into it? And you had said, I just want to make sure that that we had that answered. You could travel to the different locations and yes. absorb the energy that yes. way. Yeah. So um, traveling to the areas, obviously it's not going to be as long-term as living Mm -hmm. there, but there are people who find that they benefit more from areas when they travel there rather than when they live there. So Mm -hmm. again, you're going to want to look at the aspects that those placements have in your chart. So if you feel really good traveling on your Venus lines, but when you move there, it just feels like too, um, I, I was about to say too luxurious, but like, <laughs> it's not that. Um, what, what the Venus line can sometimes do is that Venus is about luxury. So because of that, it can sometimes come across as like lazy because we're just like, yes, do things for me, you know? <laughs> and so sometimes it can create this kind of laziness energy long-term if you're not there for like vacations. So mm-hmm. living on a Venus line can be really good in some respects. If you have other lines, like a Mars line or something like that, that can help kind of motivate you forward. But if you don't have any other lines that kind of support that, in kind of that flowing energy, it can kind of make you feel lazy Mm, and and a little bit like overly indulgent. Um, so if you are not living on good lines or you have a place that you really like visiting, but you maybe can't afford to move live, uh, like you can't afford to move there or something like that. Um, it could be that just visiting those places, you know, once a year or, um, however often you're able to and tapping into that energy so that you can kind of bring back what you establish in those places back with you to your home space, um, can be helpful because you're implementing more of those things. So for example, like if you really love, um, like for example, for Sabrina, she has her Venus MC line running through Japan Hmm. and you might feel really drawn to like 
Japanese culture and Japanese aesthetic and things like that. And you can implement those things into your home, bringing in that Venus energy into your home because it's related to that aesthetic of that area. Could you also Um, purchase something from there? Like I'm thinking like, could you, could you get a book from a bookshop in that space? And would that item carry the energy? Or like having like little souvenirs and stuff. Yeah. You can absolutely. Um, I love that. And so kind of bringing those things back with you where you're at, it's not going to be as good as living on those lines, but it's going to help kind of contribute those energies to where you're at right now. This is I so know. fascinating. I could learn about this. I feel forever. like we could pick your brain. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to go line by line, but I know that. <laughs> oh no. Everyone's okay. going to be I like, mean, I don't no have way. anything else going on today. So. <laughs> Well, I'm also just so curious because you have so many abilities. I have questions about everything else. Like when you do psychic readings or when like is do you ever talk to someone and have just like a spirit guide or message come through you so adamantly that you need to share it? Yes. So it this is actually a great conversation that kind of goes over ethics when it comes to um, intuitive reading. And because – Let's be honest, like Teresa Caputo, like <laughs> the, I just think of like the long fingernails the whole time too. They're like click, 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 click. it just so what bothers me about that is that people don't know that uh shows like that, they don't randomly go up to people. Like yeah. they always go up to those people first and have them sign contracts right. and they're like, Are you Legally. okay being on our show? Yeah. And stuff like that. Like they're not just gonna film people and just be like, Oh, you're on our show now. Right. So there's always that that level of consent that the people watching don't always become aware of. And because of that, it creates this kind of um assumption that you can just go up to someone in a grocery store and be like, hey, I see your dead grandma standing next to yeah. you. You want to hear a message from her? And it's just like, it's just not an, an ethical way of going about things. But um, is it also but, frustrating for a spirit who is like, why I came to you because you're supposed yeah. to deliver this message. What do you mean? You have to ask yeah. permission. Right. <laughs> you can yeah. see me. Yeah. So in in things like that, which it's happened less often now, um, maybe because I don't leave my house often <laughs> anymore. But uh, but when I do go out and there are situations like that, and they're very persistent because most of them will kind of understand when I explain like I can't just go up to someone in a store like they're yeah. not going to know who I'm who I am. Um, what I prefer to do is instead if they are so persistent where they're just like, we need to give this person a message, then what I prefer to do is go up to that person and be like, Hey, I know this is really awkward, but I am an intuitive. And, um, I was, I, I just feel like if there, if you are interested in something like that, like here's my information, but I was feeling some energies around you that I just feel like really want to give you a message, but I don't want to like invade your space. Right. And just let them come to you because that any ethical reader is going to give the person the option to come to them because nobody needs to receive your reading readings and spiritual services are, I mean, I don't like to consider them luxuries because they shouldn't be, but they are in the sense that you don't need them to survive. Like it's not a necessary thing, Um, but it is something that can help us feel more 
you know, driven or more motivated or inspired Mm -hmm. to keep moving forward. And because of that, I, I don't like to, you know, be going up to random people in stores and be like, Hey, do you want to hear from your dead relative? (laughs) I know you say Um, that, but it's so funny because as someone as a person, I, I so desperately want someone to come up to me and be like, <laughs> well, hey, I a lot see- of people say like a lot of people are like, oh, I would love it if you did that. Yeah. Like you came up to me in public and we're just like, I'm picking up on one of your spirit guides yeah. or something like that. But because we don't know until we're yes, talking right. to someone, right. like it, it would, I would much rather have it be where like, if I was doing a meetup with someone and and, you know, people are coming to meet me, I think I would feel a little bit more comfortable approaching people because I would assume that they're comfortable with that kind of stuff. Right. But even then, like I would want consent. So has anyone, has there been anything in this, in the two hours we've been talking that's come through and I'm giving consent oh. <laughs> and I feel like, <laughs> Corinne, I'm sure you'll give consent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I did actually see someone like, so I, I don't, know if it's your right or your left, but the, um, I think that's like a doorway over to your right. Right here. Right. This is a window. Was there someone outside of it? No, not outside the window, but like someone standing next to you. There was like someone standing next to you earlier, (laughs) Um, which I assumed was just like one of your, you know, guides or something. Cause sometimes they just, you know, just stand like there. person emoji it in the corner. Do you know what um, they look like or can you just sort of like feel the presence? It depends on how much they want me to mm-hmm. see. Because if if it was like a session or something where someone is explicitly like wanting me to tune in, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, we'll come through. But if it's just randomly tuning into it, sometimes they'll just kind of feel like fade mm-hmm. in and out or just be kind of like – murky, if that makes sense. Um, but typically the way that I see them, regardless of whether someone asks me to tune in or not, it tends to be, I don't know how to explain it. I've tried so many times to figure out a good way of explaining the way that things look to me. And the best way that I can think to is to explain it as a memory. Mm -hmm. Like if you walk into a room that you've been in before, where you have memories of things that have happened in that space, but it's not physically happening in front of you. That's what it looks like to that's me. That's so interesting. Like it's it's wow. something that you can clearly see, right? But it's like replayed in your touch. head somehow. Yes. Oh, that's wow. so that's incredible. I love that. That is really incredible. kind of almost like a projection yeah. in the space. I, I sometimes describe it as like a hologram, but I feel like that makes people think of like this staticky image, and it doesn't look staticky to me. Like like. Lucifer and Astaroth look just as clear to me as a memory as they would like if you were to put an overlay over Mm. the screen of them standing there. You know what I'm picturing is like the old projector slides in middle school that would like play up on um, the board because like the quality is not amazing, but it's like – hazy but yeah. also clear it's not amazing but it's clear enough to where you can like see the details you, understand. you can see what yeah. they're wearing you can see the colors and for some people it's just and, and i'm gonna say this because i know that a lot of people have this experience but they don't think that it's clairvoyance and it is this has been a common theme recently of people being like well i don't think i'm clairvoyant but i do sometimes see things <laughs> if you are seeing you know how like when you see heat coming off of the pavement and Mm -hmm. it makes things look like warpy. 
if you see warpy heat wave in the shape of a person, you're still clairvoyant. That is still clairvoyance. So the other day, Nick and I were having a conversation and it was like late at night, but I swore I saw like, I don't know if it was his aura, but I could see this like shape of a human like emanating off of his body. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I didn't know if it was his aura and I was just seeing that. Or typically the aura tends well, it depends on the person. Really, really shy people or really reserved people tend to have their aura a lot closer to their body. Whereas people who are like my brother, who is just like, everybody is my friend. <laughs> um, his aura is huge. Like, wow. and and those are the kind of people where people are like, you would feel them walk into a room. Like those are the people who have like the very large auras where Mm -hmm. they just kind of like fill a space with their energy. And a lot of entertainers I find who like, especially um, like comedians who tend to like work Mm -hmm. a crowd, like tend to be really good at expanding their aura out so that they kind of get everybody in their energy and are able to kind of like, you know, get people like feeling really comfortable. Um, Whereas there are people who are a lot more introspective and like introverted who keep their aura very close to them. So it's, it's not really expanding out into the space, Hmm. but when we're sleeping, we naturally kind of allow our aura just to kind of like expand out because we're comfortable and we're relaxed and we feel safe. And it's also like, if he has dreams where it's almost more like lucid dreaming or very vivid dreaming, it's possible that he could be like astral traveling or um, spiritually traveling in his sleep, which would also kind of give that effect of like, almost like a separation of like body and spirit. Interesting. I also wonder if it was like the conversation we were having where he felt like almost a little bit out of body. Yeah. Like he was like, his soul was like escaping. <laughs> like, like I want out of this. Yes. Climbing He's out. Just like peace. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can I ask you? So when you saw yes. someone here, do you remember when it was? Because I had something interesting happening. It to I'll talk about Okay, it so it was around the time that I was talking about um, your childhood on the uh-huh. East Coast. And it was, I don't know that this is what they were wearing or if it's just the way that I'm seeing them through your screen, but it was more so someone, because I, I was only seeing from like here down. Hmm. So hmm. I couldn't see like their their head or their face or anything. But it was just kind of from almost like the shoulder down of someone just kind of standing off to the side in um, either a long sleeve or almost like a, a, a suit oh. type of dress where it's like okay. more structured. Yeah. It's it, so before that it was like towards the end of Sabrina's reading, this has never happened to me before. And it, it went on for like 10 minutes. I, I almost texted Sabrina on the side, but I didn't want to distract her. Cause I was like, am I experiencing <laughs> something paranormal? But I heard I kept hearing uh, music play, but it was like distorted music. It sounded like an old record player going and then kind of like someone kind of like sing talking jazz, but it was like really distorted and jumbled and like a male's voice. And it was, it was like kind of like right here. And okay. And I was, I kept waiting for one of you guys to say like, oops, sorry. Like if you hear that, my, my neighbor's playing music. (laughs) I did not hear oh, that at nobody's all. Nobody's playing some light jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds lovely. I don't know, it was like but... 40s music or like 30. I don't know. <laughs> it was... Well, it's um, 
well, I, I, I don't know if you're a demon all letter, but it did feel infernal to me. Um, if not infernal, probably more so like guide energy. Okay. What does the infernal mean when it comes to to this? I'm sorry. So when you said infernal, what would that mean in this context? Well, it's possible that you have like a, a a demon that wants to be working with you or like, um, assisting you in your, in your life path. I, I get a little bit nervous about talking about that. Cause I know that not everybody's comfortable with that. Like sometimes if you say like, Oh, you have a demon around you. Like not everybody's just like, well, yay. We, like, re- we recently, just like, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> we recently read an email from a listener who was telling us all about how like there are good demons. And um, she was saying that there was a demon who absorbed excess emotion from her. So it was mm-hmm. like, if she was feeling so overwhelmed with emotion, this demon like took it and it like yes. helped her feel more peaceful, which I think is, a really cool and different way to look at demons. Yeah. Because there obviously are negative ones, but. Right. Uh, Well, there's positive and negative of everything. Yeah, exactly. So like, I think even when we talk about angels, like we don't really talk about the angels where people are just like, like, (laughs) you know, like there's, there's not good angels. There are good angels. There are like more malevolent demons and there's more benevolent ones. And so it's actually interesting that they said that because oftentimes I will find that infernals or even death deities um, that I work with a lot as a death witch tend to be really comfortable with you giving them offerings of negative emotions or negative Mm -hmm. experiences. So because they're so used to transmuting those deeper energies, they're not uncomfortable with you just kind of like handing it over to them to process for you. Wow. Now it's not going to like take the trauma away. away. It's not going to be like, Oh, magically I feel, you know, not negative anymore, (laughs) but it's going to kind of lighten that load and make it easier for you to kind of process in pieces rather than all at once. And so it it doesn't surprise me that they said that because I have had a lot of people talk about that. And um, I believe I've mentioned in a couple like deity IDs where infernals have come through for people that, you know, they would want an offering of like petitions, you know, letters of just kind of brain dumping and just kind of giving them whatever it is that you're just kind of struggling with at the time. This is just even more evidence, Corinne, that you have so much potential and i'm like i'm you like how so much potential. how I, I will be the devil's advocate <laughs> don't don't tempt me well no i just <laughs> i just sense. i am so curious like if Kryn, you and ariel should do like one-on-one spiritual coaching and i know you should come back to us fully in tune and ready to do readings and everything and be be your your truest highest witchiest self Yes. I, 2023 yes. i promise i will make it real <laughs> 2023 effort. won't be my year yeah. <laughs> i'll make it real effort next year i'll figure it out yes. yeah because all, all the yes. signs it's so funny sabrina and i have done so many readings and they're every reading that we have are are very different like mine always seem to be pushing me forward towards unlocking the, the spirituality lines. and then sabrina's makes a ton of sense for her as well but they're Separate, but I I feel like yeah, similar to what mm-hmm. you were saying in the beginning, Ariel. Were yeah. Sometimes you just need to hear it five times to actually start doing uh, it. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes the fifth time yeah. is the charm. Well, it's, <laughs> clearly I they're I, lurking I'm here. So they're waiting. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're is this just the like, moment? Oh, is this another reading <laughs> that we can give her? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you so uh, – this has just been – I'm sure there are a million questions we didn't ask, but um, <laughs> we will definitely be talking to you again soon and we'll yeah. be reaching out to you to uh, start our own spiritual journeys. Yeah. Our biggest thing – we like how can our listeners find you and what kind of services do you offer? And yes, basically – Plug yourself, plug all your things so that everyone can find you because you're an incredible, incredible human and oh, resource. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Um, so the simplest way to find like all of my social media handles and everything that I do in my business is just my website, www.arielwillow.com. Um, spelled like the little mermaid and the tree. (laughs) Um, but that way you're going to find all of the services that I offer, um, be able to book with me, um, sign up for the newsletter. We have a biweekly newsletter that's called mystic willow. It's with me and my friend, um, who is also my co-host on, uh, ghost tea podcast, Alyssa. And we put out a biweekly newsletter where we're updating on, you know, what kind of services we have available when we have services available. We have like guest articles, um, on different witchy topics and so things cool. like that. Um, the Halloween episode, like version was really, really fun. <laughs> we had someone talking about like demonolatry and then someone talking about like the history of witches and stuff wow. like that. It was just really, really fun. That is really cool. Um, So it's a really nice little like informational nugget every other week. (laughs) And then um, we, of course, like have the podcast, which you can find through my website as well, um, which we post episodes for monthly. And um, like I said, that's co-hosted by Alyssa. Also, I I love your podcast and the the way that you categorize (laughs) everything as well. Like each episode I have queued up. I'm going to listen to, I think you have two episodes on shadow work. And that's something Sabrina yes. and I have been talking a lot yeah. about. And I just want to. So curious yeah. about it. Yeah. Someone asked me to do a guided meditation. I was like, I will try, but I don't <laughs> know if it's going to be good. So I am curious to hear your feedback on that because some people love it. And I, I have such a problem with like guided meditations. I can't do it, <laughs> but other people yeah. love them. I my imagination just does too many things yeah. on its, it's hard own. to be like, quiet yeah. and what follow. What are you talking about? The one that I saw five minutes ago, or right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like on my own little journey. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the podcast is really fun. I really love the <laughs> podcast. Um, but as far as like services go, I mostly focus in on just kind of spiritual coaching in general, which. I, I know is a term that a lot of people use now and are a lot, there's a lot of people who are like kind of hesitant towards it because there are spiritual coaches out there that are just like, let's put you on a juice cleanse for the rest of your life. And it's just, it's very scary. So just like, you know, go in with discretion. Like, even if it's not me, like find someone who feels good for you. Right. Um, It's like a therapist. You you have to like connect to whoever you're working with. Not every therapist is going to be a good fit. And that's the same way with intuitives. And so I do offer astrological services, um, like natal chart readings and astrocartography. And then I'll be implementing couples astrocartography as well. Um, is here pretty soon, but I mostly, uh, do like spiritual coaching sessions. So it's more, so 
geared towards helping you kind of build your spiritual practice, um, develop your spiritual abilities, kind of getting you to a place where you can better understand how your abilities work, how they come through for you, what kind of abilities you have and how to develop them further. And then I also offer, um, DD services. So DD messages, DD IDs for people who are wanting to get into DD work and things like that. Um, As far as that goes, like, of course I offer like card readings and things like that, but for people who just want to connect and don't really want to be kind of getting into like the services part of things, um, I would highly recommend the discord. We have a discord, uh, of people who are getting started with their spiritual journeys. So cool. and people we should know. I was that. just thinking that I'm like, it's, I'm going to pull up the app right it now. It is such a fun place. Um, there's events that we do every once in a while where, we have live streams where Alyssa and I will tune in to what we're getting um, through paranormal uh, investigations that other people have done. So, so we can cool. see how much it lines up with what they're getting. And it's just always a really fun time. That's so fun. Um, but we also do like abilities development uh, exercises on the Discord as oh well gosh. to help people exercise their abilities in techniques that I use in my sessions as well, but for free. So there's always that, but on social media too, um, on TikTok, especially I share a lot of tips and tricks on how to like develop your spiritual abilities and, um, kind of build a practice that works for you because that's, that's really what I want. I just want people (laughs) to feel really excited and Mm -hmm. not so scared of spirit and, kind of exploring it. Like my motto is just kind of fuck around and find out. (laughs) I'm very much of someone where I'm just like, fuck around and find out. That should be the title of this episode. (laughs) Fuck around and find out. Honestly, it should be because it's, it's the best way to learn in a lot of times. Like a lot of times we're just too scared to just try the leap. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do that, that's when you learn how to drive through the snow because you're sliding all mm-hmm. over the road. There's that car. So, we're back. There's that car. <laughs> um, so yeah, but as, as far as social media, because there are a lot of accounts who pretend to be me, I would highly recommend going to my website and just going through my social media there because that way you know that you're going to the it's right you. one and yeah. you're not, you know, accidentally going to someone who's pretending to be me (laughs) it's so upsetting that's been happening a lot with we talked to michelle t as well and she said that a lot of people are yeah and then trying to charge for readings and it's It's just like yeah dming someone and saying yeah pay me money i have a message for from the other side yeah 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 Yeah. that's okay so just be very careful we'll we'll put your website in our show notes so anyone who's listening to this episode will be able to not be scammed yes. by the imposter You're like where do we go right. yeah <laughs> show notes and then our youtube description mm-hmm. will be there yep. as well yes. yeah wow well thank I you know. so much this was incredible so i feel like we can't me. thank you enough yeah. this was like <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna sleep tonight i'm gonna be up thinking about all of this <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna be re-watching like, i'm gonna lose sleep now but in the best way i'm affected yeah. in such a positive way by this conversation so we're energized. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you well, so thank you much. for having me for your 200th yeah. episode. We and congratulations. So that takes a lot of work and motivation. So thank you. kudos for that. Because that's, that's incredible. And I, I wish you the best success moving oh, forward. Thank too. you. I wish you that as well. Thank you. Hopefully when you have a 200th episode, we'll 
Yeah, we'll, drop we'll in. have to do we'll a, stop by. A, ghost, yeah. a ghost tea and ghost podcasts. It will yeah. be a double yes, ghost podcast. Double exactly. Ghost. Yes. <laughs> uh, now I'm like, we should have done a ghost reading because we we're like, we have a ghost pod, like a ghost who haunts our podcast. But we'll do that uh, another yeah, time. Another time. Yes. <laughs> we have to share all of the ghosts. Yes. 1, in, percent in a podcast episode yes. together. But thank you so Absolutely. much. So we usually That's sign cool. off our podcast when um, – and we whisper like, see you on the other side. If you want to join us. Yeah. We say okay. it slowly. So we'll say so you it. you can kind of like yeah, trail me in a whisper. Okay. Okay. We will see you. Wait. What am I doing? Whoa, that's that not, how, not we how, how we do it. We do it. <laughs> okay. He's going sultry. I wasn't no, ready for I, this. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever screwed up. Of course, 200 episode. Okay. 200. And we will see you, see you on the other side. side. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Have a great night. You're welcome. See you see later. Ya. Bye. Very spooky.